Hello everyone, welcome back to the Only Pans podcast. My name is Rudy Clifton and I'm joined by Philippa Stage, everyone. Welcome to the podcast, Philippa. Hi, thanks, Rudy. You're welcome. Uh, we've been expecting you for some time. Uh, it's been long uh, wounded, but here we go, it's happening. Um, and we're going to kick it off early doors with your favourite food. Do you have a favourite food? And if so, what it is, what is it? Well, I suppose on a day-to-day level, it's got to be crisps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I am a real savoury bunny, and um, I. I probably have a packet of crisps every day. I mean, to be fair, I think that's quite normal in our day and age. Um, is there a particular crisp? <laughs> um well, from the olden days, when I was a kid, Bovril crisps were Bovril crisps? Yeah. Are they Which still are about? Of, I'm not sure. I think maybe they have... You know how, like, walkers do uh, all these mad flavours? Yeah. Um, now and again, the old school stuff will pop up. I guess the closest thing to them is Marmite crisps, which are out and about now. Yeah, um, so... Sort of similar flavor, oh, <clears throat> sort of similar flavor to Twiglets. Yes, they're they're on my hit list as well. <laughs> oh, to be fair, I'm quite a fan of Marmite, and um, it's pretty much the same thing as Bovril, I believe. Yes, it is. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're my, well, my boy eats Marmite on toast every single morning. Every well, to be fair, Marmite is actually quite healthy for you, so not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, but. Besides crisps, is there like yeah. a certain meal or something like um, that? I the one that springs to mind. I love masaka. Yeah. Um, I I I make a um, kind of diet version of it with a a natural yogurt uh, topping. Nice. Um, in, and instead of all the cheese, I think that is. Mm, yeah. Um, I've never it's made a regular masaka, actually. Yeah. Oh, really? But, um, no, I've only made this healthy version, which I really love. Um, mm. Yeah, so you mix the yogurt with eggs. I was trying to remember yeah. what I do. And then you just have a little sprinkling of cheese on the top. But um, Nice. What do you normally use in masaka for that topic? Uh, it's like, there's usually lamb in there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, it's lamb, aubergine. But yeah. the, the sauce, I'm not sure. Oh, I think the it's sauce a bechamel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so would that have um, a lot of cheese in? Yeah, it would. A lot of yeah. dairy in it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's quite heavy and all that stuff. So it is a so it's a lighter version, which is probably for the um, better because you can't eat moussaka, normal moussaka all the time. It will be <laughs> the size of a balloon. Oh, and I couldn't be bothered because you've got to faff about with aubergines. Um, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, you know, soaking them in, uh, leaving them in salt. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of a faff, but I do love it. Yeah, have you ever had it like abroad anywhere? Have you ever had it in Greece? Uh, no, I don't think I have. I've only been to Greece once. I've been to Mykonos, yeah. and I somewhere like that. I would always stick to the seafood. Yeah, to be fair, we um, went there. Um, that was the last place that I went uh, abroad. Uh, I think it was two years ago. And you can't really beat seafood in a place like um, Mykonos, can you? No, exactly. When when did you go? Uh, 
it's about six years ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well back. Well, they're two good food choices. I like. I'm a fan of them both. Um, and you've brought, as of recent, you uh, have released a book, haven't you? I have off road um, with Clarkson, Hammond, and May, who I'm sure most listeners will have heard of. Yeah, you'd think so. Um, so tell us a bit about the book. Uh, so I used to work, I started working for Top Gear on their live events in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. Um, and that's when I first met Clarkson, mm. um, who I actually went on to have a personal relationship with, yeah. rightly yeah. or wrongly. Um, <laughs> but we uh, we hit it off straight away. And as with Andy Wilman, who's the producer and now the producer on the Grand Tour yeah. Uh, on Amazon and of Jeremy's Clarkson's farm. Mm. Um, so I went off, ended up going on tour around the world for 12, 15 years, yeah. 15 years in total, I think, um, starting in London and Birmingham <laughs> of all places. And then mm. um, literally going around the world to Russia, Norway, Poland, Australia, New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, I did. Uh, hang on, how many? It's something like eighteen countries, thirty-one cities. Over Crazy, that's a lot. Years. That's a lot of travelling, um, yeah. especially with people like that. You must have got to know them um, inside and out, really. Yeah, too well. Um, <laughs> uh, was there any places that stood out? I, I, we've spoke about Russia before, um, so you well, we, yeah, we, yeah, we've definitely spoke about that before. Can you tell uh, tell everyone about that trip because it was a uh, quite interesting quite a good conversation yeah russia is obviously one of those places that is not on many people's holiday destinations um, yeah, definitely not I, I myself was nervous um in fact the first time we went or it might have been the second i'm trying to remember the timing of it there was um the war had just kicked off in the Crimea yeah do I mean the Crimea I think I do yeah and um so the BBC were holding us back until the last minute and they, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go because it was considered to be high risk mm. um anyway they let us go and so that made us feel quite nervous but we had yeah, um, I can imagine we had uh bodyguards one Russian uh, from uh, who who was from the Kremlin, yeah, um, and used to be Putin's bodyguard. Uh, well, I think he still is when he's on duty now and again. Mm. And uh, then we took our guy who was ex SBS, and yeah. um, so and they were armed. <laughs> so. Um, as we you'd felt, hope in a place like that. Yeah, we felt reasonably safe and we had our sort of um, Range Rover entourage um, and yeah, had the most incredible time for, from eating in one of the latest fancy restaurants, the Bolshoi, next to the Bolshoi Ballet. Yeah. And there's a, a wonderful place called Pushkin, yeah. which is in um that was jeremy clarkson's favorite restaurant he'd been out mm. there a couple of times uh and it's um i guess in the early hang on 
uh yeah no the 19th the late 19th century it was opened and it was very glamorous and yeah. and it's still got a lot of its original features um mm. and the food was very um traditional russian yeah. the boys loved their bone marrow which is something that just turns my stomach because it basically looks like a dog's bone yeah it is uh not the best it's thing a dog's to look bone. at it pretty much well yeah it was split of dog's bone in half and there's the bone marrow yeah it's not um, um yeah it's not too appealing to most people it's not especially to me i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of things like that because i sort of associate that with like foie gras and things like that it's just um just a bit strange and a bit odd uh but it's that's fancy cooking isn't it finding the yeah. um the uh, unorthodox ingredients and um glamorizing them well, I, I have to say I do love caviar, and I think um, yeah. that, that's uh, frowned upon. In fact, I am i don't know if you've watched, have you watched Sea Spiracy? Yeah, I have. I've yeah. spoke about it on the podcast as well with a few people, because um, I know... I haven't watched it yet. I'm, I'm actually oh, terrified to watch it, because it's just going to upset me. Yeah, well, mum watched it, and she now doesn't want to eat fish, and fish was the only thing she was eating, so... Um, it's definitely uh, turning some people's heads on the whole um, fish, but it's all about um, sustainability, really, because they talk about yes. it's all about like um, like the mass fishing, but it's not all bad, I believe. No, I I I think like with most things, it's about balance and also the way the animals. Or fish are treated is, yeah, is 100%. my my ethos with a lot of these things. Um, so and yeah, and I, I'm kind of ignorant about caviar, um, but yeah, I definitely enjoy it. But I haven't had some for a while because I've been out of that high life <laughs> for a few <laughs> years now. But we had the most enormous pot of it on a train trip with mm. with Clarks and Hammond and May. With we had our own carriage. Yeah going from uh, our own private carriage going from Moscow to St. Petersburg which was an amazing trip mm. because you go out of Moscow which is really well there's a mix it's a bit like London I guess but it's even more exaggerated where yeah. seriously rich and wealthy people and flash cars Lamborghinis and then you get Larders and Skodas all bashed yeah. up yeah. bouncing around between them and mm. um and then and it's all and it's very golden glitzy um some of the restaurant what there's, there's the white rabbit which is really very ostentatious um yeah and you had to pay a, a, a something like a the equivalent of a i had to pay a 700 pound cash deposit to cash book deposit. the table <laughs> that's almost unheard of these days. I, I know it's uh and it was almost like you had to be interviewed before you were given the table mm. and i couldn't bear the that attitude uh and the yeah. the fake-tastic clientele but um it, it, it was fun i actually can't even remember the food there i was probably too drunk but, um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of vodka floating around in no, moscow as well yeah i can imagine but caviar, like a, a massive pot of caviar and champagne on a train to St. Petersburg is uh, pretty wonderful. And you, and you, see this, you see this transition, you go literally go through absolute poverty, like 
you would not imagine. Yeah. And I, I hadn't realised that, that the, I guess you call them peasants, mm. literally are living in what looked like chicken sheds. They're just yeah. wooden huts um, out in the middle of nowhere. And um, it's just a huge contrast. And you, you travel through all this sort of um, open land as well, amazing frozen lakes and forests. And, yeah. and then you reach St. Petersburg, which... Um, is much more european it 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 was uh the architect who designed it had um traveled europe so there's it, it's like a it's like a giant venice yeah in a way. yeah um, one of my best friends just um went there just before the whole um covid situation they couldn't uh couldn't sing enough praises for it to be honest yeah no it's i really like st petersburg um yeah, so no, had had some amazing experiences there. And I think then, it's a bit more touristy as well, isn't it, St. Uh, Petersburg? St. Petersburg. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, it is. It's on the um, it's on the old cruise line route, the cruising ships. Yeah. Uh, off there. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, and I'd say it's kind of more. It is, as you say, it's touristy and it's more friendly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fascinating place again. Yeah, it's weird. I've because it's Russia is one of those weird places that you don't really hear too much about, and when you do hear things about it, they're not usually very good. No, it's a bit scary. Yeah, as it is, was um, my uh, trip out there. One of our trips while we were in Moscow to entertain the boys while we weren't well while they weren't performing was um, we went to a shooting range. Yeah, and. Uh, Quite frankly, that's not where you want to be taking <laughs> in Moscow. And in I Moscow. was, well, we were all terrified. We cut, and because we went out to sort of the suburbs, which yeah. get a bit scary, mm. and we got got lost. And the drivers are Russian, and they're gabbling on with our Russian bodyguard. And you're kind of thinking, oh my God, are we about to be ambushed and, and kidnapped? Yeah. Um, and then we go into this um, basically warehouse type building which innocently from the front looked like a kind of youth club it was on the side of a, a playing field yeah. and um or playground in a built-up area and uh then you go in and there's all these guns racked up and you go through security doors and a, a massive solid metal door and then you're into this like warehouse like space with no windows and I thought oh my god this is perfect they're just going to keep us here and nobody can hear us nobody can <laughs> see us uh, and then two guys come out and start handing out AK-47s and um, what a strange experience uh, yeah oh and, and I, I literally stood at the back of the room with, with Gemma one of the girls who had toured with constantly it was like my sidekick and um, we stood at the back terrified and then the competitive spirit in us both took over <laughs> and, we, and we wanted to go and i have fired an ak-47 and a glock that is a uh, quite a <laughs> quite an experience i can imagine yeah um yeah that trip to russia sounds crazy uh as good as it does sound i don't think i'll be heading there anytime <laughs> soon no um well St. petersburg maybe when we're allowed yeah that's true to be fair um but so you worked with them for such a long time. Um, was there any like sort of standout moments individually um, with those three 
three human beings. Is there <laughs> any like um? So may, actually, this question is sort of aimed at James May because I find him such a interesting, sort of just weird in a good way sort of character. So was yeah. there any um, sort of standout moments that you can think of or stories about him um, that would just yeah, uh, be interesting to the to the public? Yeah, there's a couple, and you can read many more. I'll just plug my book again. Yeah, exactly. In, but... No, plug away. <laughs> um, which is available in all good bookstores and on All the Amazon. best ones. Yes. Go to a store, support a store. Um I'll leave like, everything in the um, description of the podcast as well, all the links and things. Oh, thank you. Um, so, James May, yeah, you're you're bang on in your description of him. He's he's weird in a good way, and yeah. um, he's the most genuine out of the three of them, I'd say. Um, and he's very placid. Yeah. Uh, to the point where he's a bit annoying, in that, and that, and you know, the others get frustrated with him because he's so slow and can be a bit dull yeah but then we started to see the flip side of james may and oh, the really? party animal came out well in fact he didn't want to tour at the beginning he he thought the whole thing was like pantomime and he found it tedious and mm. it, they tour obviously a lot with their filming and um well they were hugely just their, their schedule was insane um and so he didn't tour with us to start with he just did london and birmingham yeah and then um he came when did he i think it was he came out to australia australia new zealand and um he just suddenly flipped into this party animal again in a nice way he's a lovely drunk yeah um and one of the classic moments was um we randomly ended up having a well we got this beach party planned mm um going there on our super yacht um which was just the most amazing yacht yeah um fully kitted out um and uh real luxury and but to have a change of scene which was essential to keep these guys permanently entertained yeah was something new um the crew had arranged for a beach party just outside of sydney mm. and the night before we'd been in the hotel bar late at night because obviously we, the guys were performing shows in live in arenas and um then so we always finish late and we'd go and have a drink in the bar or come in from eat after eating somewhere and uh brian johnson from acdc was in the bar <laughs> <laughs> of course and um so we invited him and, and some of his bands or, or entourage that were with him to come with us to this beach party the next night. Yeah. And also who randomly joined us through one of the Australian guys that, or no, he's English, but he works out in Australia um, mm. who'd been part of putting on the show. Um, he was friends with, oh God, Mark Nicholas, who... Yeah is a cricket commentator and on on the well he's been on the bbc he's, he's on lots of probably sky sports as well yeah um he does a podcast actually um anyway uh so we land on this beautiful beach which is all ours and uh have a, a beautiful catering laid out with white tablecloths and a barbecue fired up 
and cold beers and all the rest of it. And uh, we started to play beach cricket, ACDC versus Top Gear. (laughs) And James May uh, determined, he's not a sporting chap by any means. No, he's not. He was determined to try and catch a ball and ran fully clothed into the sea (laughs) and went right under didn't get the ball and then remembered he'd got his mobile phone in his pocket oh that's the worst <laughs> and not only that he then the following so we got him a new phone and that was sort of the type of job i had to do was run around or get someone to run around to find a new phone mm. and uh the next night or maybe two nights later he's back he's in the blimmin hot tub on the yacht um <laughs> forgetting to take his mobile phone out of his pocket oh uh, he just is that sort of person though as well you can just tell it's just and the then sort of thing he'd do that that the end of that night cricket with acdc we um you know just the maddest of things would happen we had to um moor up the boat or yacht it's mm. huge thing uh, around the corner from our hotel which was in sydney harbour yeah it was something to do with restrictions late at night and um it wasn't very glamorous but on the side of the quay was a, a, a vintage fire engine <laughs> and we ended up getting a lift back to the hyatt which is a really posh hotel at the side oh, of random. the bridge in sydney in a, in a vintage fire engine and james may is i've got a picture of him stepping out in his boxer shorts because his jeans are <laughs> so wet <laughs> looking like a <laughs> Bedraggled spaniel. <laughs> he looks like that most of the time. To be fair, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Who won the cricket game? Oh, I don't know. It didn't matter. <laughs> right, so we'll call it Top Gear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So, is there any? Has there been any other um of your favourite places to travel? Any places that you've gone over and over again? Uh, just certain spots. That you've um that you love to go to. Is there any ones that stand out to you really? Uh oh, South Africa. Yeah. Um, we we went to. I mean, I've travelled in South Africa myself. Uh, I've been lucky to do that. Uh, Botswana is amazing. That's all my personal travels. Yeah. Um, I actually did a riding safari out there, which was just incredible. Um. Mm. Uh, and in fact, the food was amazing. And that was cooked. We were in the middle of uh, 16,000 square hectares or something of bush. And mm. uh, the crew cooked, local crew cooked on an open fire. And just, ha- it was like going to the best restaurant in, in Mayfair or, or, you know, the, the West I can imagine. Uh, uh just incredible um that and we had it was beautiful because the tables were set out with silver candelabras and you're sitting outside <laughs> hearing the hippos um that was that was probably my favorite eating experience although with top gear my favorite eating experience and location was in joburg at the cradle of humankind um which is where they found the uh, I think they argue with um, a Scandinavian country who's found the oldest remains of kind of um, uh, the missing link of 
what people believe we've just said from apes to human yeah. and they recently found uh remains that were very human-like but with extra long ape-like arms oh really <laughs> yeah and they found a whole burial cave of these remains and uh we were lucky enough to have a tour with the professor who was running the dig and literally saw Sounds bones. crazy. Yeah, saw bones in the ground um, that, you know, it's just awesome. And the, the in the Cradle of Humankind is a restaurant called The Cradle, yeah. which is, again, like you walk in and you think you're in some swanky place in Chelsea mm. and then you turn into the bar and... And it's all beautiful wood and there's a huge open veranda and you're looking out to watch rhinos and giraffe. That's so, that's mental. Yeah. So, and again, the food was awesome. Um, so, Just all yeah. fresh. Yeah. That's yeah. what it is. That's, when you eat abroad, it's so, um, you have to be going to the fresh, but I can't, I can't even grass the people that go abroad and eat fast food it actually doesn't make oh, any sense to me no. at all it's uh, no. one of my serious um i guess pet peeves hearing about people doing it and people do it. like we went to um uh we went to india um a few christmases ago and uh like you've got obviously all the uh, all the curries on the menu and then there was um people that we were with ordering like pizzas and things like that it's just very annoying especially for someone in um in the industry like me um that appreciates food uh as much as i do so um, very annoying you 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 would get annoyed with richard hammond as did jeremy because richard oh yeah i've seen a lot about this i've watched a lot about it as well Oh, yeah, with his, in, in his, his beans on toast and sausage, and that's about all he'll eat. And it, it, famously in Dublin, actually, we were at a Michelin star restaurant. And yeah. uh, and to be fair, we all felt a bit like this sometimes when we were on tour because we were constantly eating um, kind of rich food, fancy food. Yeah. And you know what it's like? Sometimes you just want an omelette or beans on toast or yeah, of course, scrambled of course. egg on toast. And... Um, but he was particularly bad at not wanting to try um, <laughs> things he didn't know. Yeah, so, I can imagine. Um, yeah. So there's always clips of uh, when Jeremy and um, James are eating bugs and things like that, and he was just sitting there refusing with a glass yeah. of water. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was he always like that, especially like working abroad so much? Was he always... Um, the fussy one out of the out oh of the definitely three. definitely definitely and and um he uh, well even even with mcdonald's which uh, as you've just said your pet peeve is um mm. is people eating like that when we we're abroad but um it sometimes it was a, a hangover necessity to have I mean, McDonald's. that's fair enough to be fair and uh but even with mcdonald's richard would have a um caught uh, to pounder but wouldn't have all the bits and pieces in it uh and <laughs> chicken dry. nuggets yeah um that is awful yeah oh he does like cheese he does like a bit of cheese um <laughs> so uh yeah it is funny but yeah very very plain food um 
and uh, James is the connoisseur on the wine. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he was often our sommelier while we were out and about. <laughs> oh, he's got his. He's got his bar now, hasn't he? Yeah, it's a lovely pub. It looks fab. I'd yeah. would like to visit that. Um, yeah. Um, I, I as I say, I'd like to visit. I haven't visited it yet, but that is that is so James May. I mean, when he comes home, he likes to go for a curry and to the pub with his mates, and he leads a a relatively simple life. Um, yeah, I can imagine. As does, Rich, as does Richard, actually, but. Um, yeah, Mr. Clarkson is the one that is a bit, um, he lives the high life permanently. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that comes across. I think everyone knows that, really. Um, yeah. But obviously not to the extent as uh, yourself, however. Um, so with Hammond as well, uh, were you were you um, on with them for his injuries? Because he's notorious for injuring <laughs> yeah. himself. Was there any, uh, is there any other ones that... Uh, that stand out to you in, in particular? Oh, well, he... So, obviously, he had the huge um, rocket car accident, um, yeah. which was horrendous, and uh, we were all incredibly worried about him. Um, and yet, he then was amazingly... He, in fact, the first job for Top Gear he did... In fact, there was, he, he got back into work too quick, and he, he went and did the, the North Pole... Um, yeah. episode mm. and he really wasn't fit and well enough to do that but he yeah. just pushed on through and then another uh episode i actually was working on um because i don't i didn't often get involved with the tv um but i i did on this particular occasion which was the 24-hour race at silverstone yeah, yeah yeah and um again richard was not ready to to go because he suffered um with extreme tiredness uh his memory is is still poor yeah um and he actually kind of had a bit of a panic attack um i was in a motorhome with him uh and he was due to race in the dark and oh, really? um it, and he crashed um i think twice over that 24-hour period um, yeah. he was not in a good way um so yeah, I mean that was that that's big pressure to go. At the, you know the track was full of of cars, yeah, it's huge and pressure. Um, uh, and neither James or Richard. <laughs> James because he's absolutely renowned for not having a sense of direction, yeah. and Richard because he's um, brain damaged. Um, they were absolutely crap at getting round a course. I can imagine. Um, so bit of a recipe for disaster. Yeah, but, and then. He, he he had a accident just before we were going to Johannesburg. Um, he fell off a horse. Um, oh, really? And uh, so he was out in Johannesburg on crutches. Um, yeah, he, he's a little bit accident prone. Yeah, he comes across uh, that way. Um, so you've had your book, uh, and you've been very busy. Uh, but what through lockdown was that your sort of main focus? The book. Or was there other things, uh, any hobbies that you were getting up to during lockdown? Um, well, yeah, the book has taken up a lot of my time in the last 18 months. I, I, I actually wrote it in the first lockdown and I had three months to write it. Oh, really? Although I'd, because I'd, I'd started thinking about doing this book when I was still finishing up on the tour. Um, 
and you know talk to the boys about the possibility of it and then and it they were so busy as was the tour manager yeah that it never happened so um i i started compiling all my photographs um of which i have literally thousands um with the intention of doing a picture book mm. really with just captions um yeah as in a bit of a top gear annual style thing and then i i got uh, this book deal and the publishers proposed that i wrote 70,000 words um and i realized there was a lot there's obviously so like you've gathered there's so many stories to tell yeah and um i do love writing so uh it the pictures me collating the pictures were great prompts for me to remember the stories and um of yeah so i i cut through lockdown even though i was caring for my dad who's disabled and my boy who's also disabled hmm. um i the writing the book kept me going um from a sanity point of view and yeah. you know i had a it's a few years since we stopped touring and um it it was actually a, a real good laugh remembering everything so and it was almost like as if you read the book um you're tr i'm taking you around the world so yeah it, it was lovely to do that when we couldn't yeah um, i can imagine especially throughout lockdown um just looking back on uh the best times i think that was yeah. what i think that's what everyone did because it was sort of a period where you literally couldn't do anything so the only thing you could do was look back on um reflect the best yeah. exactly um but i was, I was similar uh similar with my book in um first lockdown or what but the difference was i sort of just didn't have anything to do so i just wrote one but um <laughs> yeah, i need well to get done. a second one i need to get a yeah. paperback one out soon so um everyone look look uh look forward to that it will happen at some point maybe yeah. i do last one was over at christmas so i might do this one uh around the same but have you got anything um lined up have you, is there anything that you've got uh in particular happening in future or anything that you want to start or is it all uh, top uh secret? oh well no 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 um so i do i have definitely got another book in me um yeah. and i'm talking to various people about what and how mm. um and that's kind of based on all the adventures i've had in in my life um yeah. with uh various high profile people mm. um yeah talking of food i've actually had pizza with wills and harry prince really yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah. uh yeah that was pretty uh mind-blowing um uh, but it, it was a, a friend of jeremy's um 40th birthday and he hired the top of um oh pizza 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 something in pizza east do you know yeah. that check yeah yeah, uh, yeah in um in notting hill yeah uh, very yeah. cool place and mm. uh they this guy took over the top floor for his private party and he's very good friends childhood friends with wills and harry and um so odd did you know they were going to be there well jeremy was trying to persuade me i was actually preparing for the european tour where we were doing four countries one after the other and it was pretty flat out yeah um 
all the work to be done and he he at the last minute said can you do you want to come to this party and i and i said um uh, i can't i'm just up to my eyes and um and then he said he said i think kate and wills are going to be there i know you don't really care and i, I thought no i don't um but uh, and then well. I thought about it and for other personal reasons I just thought no I'm gonna go and um, actually Kate wasn't there but Harry was and it was they are lovely lovely boys um, or gentlemen and I ended up sitting opposite literally the other side of a normal dining table to to William what were the conversations <laughs> like uh, it was just yeah, I felt like just I was general. just out, out, yeah just out with my uh, my brother. It reminded me of my younger brother. Um, really good laugh, and um, we were actually heckling from our table because <laughs> when, when the guy was doing his speech, because we were tucked in a corner. Um, so no, just the nicest guys. But I, I'm going to save some of that story that might well come no, up. Definitely. They do come across like that, um, actually. They come across as the most um, normal or down to earth. They are. They're so grounded. So grounded. Uh, um, And and, uh, definitely have had the influence, the kindness of their mother. And and also it made me think, I remember discussing this with Jeremy, is uh, all credit to uh, Prince Charles as well, because you know, who I think gets a lot of bad press. Um, and thinking of food, he he was, and that will lead me on to that next project that I'm working on. He was, um, you know, he's been leading organic farming and yeah. looking after the planet for years for and years. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, so my next exciting project that I'm working on, or one of them is, um, I'm working for Frank, the, the Frank magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, run by broadcaster Melanie Sykes Mm. and she as am I is passionate about um you know changing people's attitudes um and being starting to live a more sustainable life yeah definitely. Um, so it's a women's magazine but in fact the it's relaunching as a website it's an online thing and it's relaunching as a website with a food edit in August so look out for the Frank magazine. I'm contributing to that. Yeah, definitely. I'll just uh, leave another link in the old um, podcast description. Um, so you worked on Top Gear for how many years was it? Uh, well, twenty in total. Yeah. Um, was there what, or was it through the seasons as well? Because obviously there was. There's been so many seasons of Top Gear. Uh, yeah, I I was um, very much. Aware. I mean, I w- w- became a huge fan. I started working for them and really didn't know anything about them. And yeah. um, uh, but it was back in the day when they were just uh, they were a sensible uh, motoring uh, factual program. And yeah. uh, then I was uh, I'd become friends with Jeremy and Andy Wilman and then was very much around when Richard and James first started working for them and so I've been to the studio a lot and like I say I did the 24-hour race and 
uh, trying to think what else I was around for. Uh, I've been, actually been one of my highlights, my life highlights was I was trackside when Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz were doing their uh, lap in a reasonably priced car. No way. <laughs> yeah, which was, uh, yeah, a big Fine highlight. experience. Yeah, yeah. Did yeah. you get to talk to them at all, or was it? Yeah, just, I did. Um... I did. Um, I had a real. Like, they're they're really cool. I had a laugh with them. Tom Cruise was. He, there was an epic moment when um, total Tom Cruise style. It was quite a windy day, and yeah. being at the edge of a basically an airfield, you really get the gusts of wind. Mm. And there was a. They had a huge entourage of which they were embarrassed. To be honest, it's ridiculous. So over the top. And so there were two huge Winnebago's there yeah. um, next to the track and um, a couple of gazebos were put up um, and it was sunny but very windy and um, all of a sudden one of these gazebos took off and everybody was like going <gasps> because of the cars that were parked up and people and Tom was first on the scene oh, to grab this gazebo. You cannot but, uh, just imagine. You know, he, He's not afraid of getting his hands dirty. Well, we kind of know no, that, don't we? He does his, yeah. does his own stunts. So, um, yeah. I can imagine him flying around that track as well. Oh, my God. Well, they, I, I, I don't know if you know, but they were, they, the pair of them, mm. so they were very competitive, and Cameron's yeah. a really good driver as well and mm. passionate about it, which is quite a daredevil. And, um, they both got to the top of the leaderboard, the famous right. leaderboard. Doesn't surprise and they, they me were, at all. I, th I think, uh, I think Cam, I, mean, I can't, I'm, I'm just thinking that maybe Cameron beat Tom. I can't remember. I'll have to look that up now. Yeah. But yeah, they were amazing. No, I can imagine. Um, was there any uh, of the seasons or that you were with them for, was there any, uh, your favourite one or anyone that you'd... Um, suggest going back well to the i already mentioned the polar expedition the yeah. north pole that was incredible um were you there for that one i know i wasn't there yeah um, but that's but just I, your personal I, favorite yeah um and yeah it was great fun being on the 24-hour race at, and quite an experience to literally stay up for 24 hours yeah um with the be down in the pits and see it all going on with them. Mm. In fact, I was the one of the reasons I was asked there was to um, to help look after the boys as I always did, but um, and keep them going. And um, but they because one of my uh, talents is I trained as a masseur, and yeah. um, I they were gonna they filmed a scene with me massaging the stick <laughs> with his suit and helmet on <laughs> but uh i don't think my acting skills are up to much and uh, whether it was that or whatever they they cut it but it was very funny to do <laughs> that does sound um interesting actually a fun yeah. fact about the stig my godfather's wife before my godfather um was with the stig Oh really? Yeah. Was that um, Harry Harry McCarthy? I think it was the first one. Um, I don't know which one it was. I just know there was the Stig. Ah. Uh, you know, it's all small world. It's all linked together yeah, somehow. Yeah. yeah, we are. Um, we are. but yeah, 
the podcast is back. Uh, I think I might get you on for another episode as well because I've been talking about me. Have, this light is really annoying me. Yeah, it's it keeps special going effect. on and off. Yeah, I know. I need to change the light bulb. It's terrible. Um, but uh, yeah, I keep talking about this uh, end of season um, special that I'm going to do where I'm going to get sort of everyone that I've had on or all the guests and I'm going to get them on all together. Um, oh, that would be cool. So it's just be quite interesting because I've had so many people from different backgrounds. Yeah. Um. So it'd be just quite nice to sort of uh, build a build a community here at Only Pat. I'm just going to turn it off now. I'm absolutely fuming about this light. Um. But yeah, I think I might get that going soon. Or I'm sort of in two minds because I might just keep this season going on for ages, and I might just do loads of episodes on it. So I'll have I'll have to decide. Yeah. Definitely, but it's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, Philippa. Um, you're welcome anytime. Thank uh, you. You're Likewise. welcome. Hopefully, um, I'll be back to promote another book. Definitely, we'll have to get you on for the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one. <laughs> um, but everyone, you know what to do. Go check out the book. Go buy the book. Um, all good retail stores, all good bookshops, and uh, of course online. Um, and whilst you're at it, go pick up mine as well at Amazon. Uh, but all the links will be in the uh, descriptions. Um, thank you again, Philippa, for coming on. Thank you, Rudy. You're more than welcome. Stay safe, stay sweet, and I will maybe see you next week. <laughs>